Birthdays are embarrassing. Birthdays are embarrassing. Birthdays are the best. Birthdays are the best! Is it my birthday again already? I want to live to see my next birthday. You're not invited to my birthday party. You're not invited to my birthday party. Ripple Puddle. Welcome to Ripple Puddle. Welcome to Ripple Puddle. Welcome to Ripple Puddle. Ripple Puddle. Bienvenidos a Ripple Puddle. Bienvenue a Ripple Puddle. Ripple. Ripple Puddle. Puddle. Ripple Puddle. Rip. Rip. Ripple Puddle. Rip. Ripple Puddle. Rip. Ripple Puddle. Ripple Puddle. Ripple Puddle. Welcome to Ripple Puddle. You are listening to episode two, Happy Crappy Birthday. I'm Stephanie Hafer. And I'm Carla Taylor. Happy birthday. As if birthdays were only meant to be happy. But everyone knows that sometimes birthdays can be weird or sad or painful in a growing pains kind of way. Do you like your birthday? Whatever kind of relationship you have with your birthday, it can simply be a reminder that you are alive. You are a sex miracle, and that is a wonderful thing. So if today is your birthday, cheers to you and your life. And to the rest of you, cheers to you too. Now let's celebrate. It ain't gonna last forever. Ready to eavesdrop in? A birthday, your birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy Smurf Day, but well, ugh, the Smurfs are digital now, and no one cares what they have to say since Saturday morning cartoons were taken off the air back in 93? 92? I'm not sure. If you're gonna live, it's nice to know that you've accomplished being alive. Isn't that worth celebrating unabashedly? Ari backs us up in this next piece. Birthdays were always super, super important to me and my family. I mean, my parents did everything they could to give each and every one of us everything we wanted, from cars when we were 16 to surprise birthday parties with In-N-Out trucks and a keg of Newcastle for your 21st. I mean, you know, they did everything they could in their power to, you know, just give us a wonderful life. And, um, well, in 2012, uh, March 23rd, which is seven days before my birthday, I was born March 30th, 1980. I entered the hospital with a um, recent diagnosis of HIV, and I had PCP pneumonia, which is a very, very a ridiculous case of pneumonia. I was, I just remember I was so sad that it was, it was a week before my 32nd birthday, and you know, I was like, am I gonna get out? Am I gonna get out? You know, all the nurses and doctors were being so kind and so sweet. Oh, we're going to do our best to get you out, Ari. I think it was the day before, on March 29th, I uh, fell seriously ill. My lungs collapsed, and I was intubated and put on a machine called ECMO. ECMO. I, I remember being waking, waking up the next morning on my birthday. I mean, in a completely different state of life than I've ever been in, ever. And... Yeah, you know, it was my birthday, so we wanted to celebrate. They wanted to do anything they could. So, you know, I said I wanted, I was so drugged up or whatever. I wanted a, a bottle of wine and cheese and crackers and gummy bears and socks, hospital socks. I was obsessed with hospital socks. 
I don't know, at the end of the day, they just lined it up and I, I couldn't eat it, I couldn't drink it, but I would, they just put it in front of my bed. I got to stare at it. It was absolutely amazing because, you know, they went, they went and spent that money on something that I, I wasn't able to enjoy, but that's what I wanted. My family, the people I love, everybody, I, it was just, it was so wonderful, but it continued in the tradition of blessing you know, on the day that you're born. And it's so important because we're all unique, wonderful people. And we need to realize that and recognize that. I, we, we need to celebrate ourselves. And you know what? Our birthday is the time to celebrate that. Ce celebrate your, your uniqueness, who you are, what makes you, you. You know, your soul, it makes you, you. Because my name is Ari Rose and I am like no one else in this world. days throughout our lives that have more gravity than the rest so we remember them forever and those days can turn us into new people JJ tells a story of such a day my final weeks as a seven year old were spent counting down the days to leaving home and heading to boarding school my mother took care of packing my trunk Everything in it, apart from my lifelong companion, Baba the Hippo, was starched and new. The kind of new that was necessary rather than wanted, which is exactly how I felt about the impending cataclysmic change in my circumstances. On January 15th, 1982, my parents packed me and my trunk into the car and off we went to my new school and ostensibly my home for the next five years. There was so much to take in the impossibly long main corridor, the improbably high ceilings, the 13-year-old boys who seemed like men, the smell of floor polish, the loud bells, the pin-drop silences, the new vocabulary, surnames replacing first names as identities, 180 pairs of inquiring eyes, that I didn't have time to think or worry about what January 16th, my eighth birthday and first full day at boarding school would be like. I was introduced to my shadow, a nine-year-old boy called Grayson, first name Mark, who already knew the ropes and was responsible for showing them to me for the first weeks of school. I hadn't noticed that my parents were no longer around and was informed that they'd left. Sink or swim time had arrived with a chilly, lung-evacuating plunge. Birthday Eve was spent in my new bedroom, which in fact was a dormitory containing ten other eight-year-olds and one 12-year-old who was responsible for maintaining law and order, although that first night his main duty was consoling the poor boys whose stiff upper lips had given way under the strain. I took comfort in their sobs and sniffles, knowing that I wasn't alone, and also that others were more scared and sad than I was. I clung to Baba under my new, tightly tucked-in red tartan blanket and tried to go to sleep. 
I can't remember how news got out that it was my birthday, but after brushing my teeth and getting dressed, my dormitory scuttled downstairs to the vast seeming games room in order to give me the bumps. Pool and ping pong tables were moved aside. I was told to lie down on the floor and then 11 pairs of hands lifted me up and proceeded to throw me into the air. Each propulsion accompanied by a shouted number, starting with one, going all the way up to eight, although just as I thought the ordeal was over, I got one for luck. In future years, this was always good fun, with firm friends, but it felt a little unsettling with people I'd only met the previous day. At breakfast, when letters are handed out to the boys lucky enough to receive them, I got a card from my mother, which had a hand-drawn cake and happy birthday scrawled on it. It was a light blue card with her name and address embossed in darker blue at the top. I'd seen her write numerous thank you notes on these at home, and it felt strange to be on the receiving end of one of them. The rest of the day consisted of the decidedly unbirthday-like activities of being introduced to Latin and realizing that I knew very little French and math. Birthday consciousness returned at dinner time, which was simply called tea in school speak. Powdered eggs, undercooked canned meat, tough oily fish, boiled pale vegetables and baked beans formed the basis of most of the school's food. So at tea, a birthday became everyone's concern as hungry eyes whiffed the chance of getting a slice of cake. The cake is provided by the birthday boy's family, so by definition, it's going to be not only edible, but delicious too. It was too early in my life to consider anyone as a friend, so I doled out the cake to all the little souls gathered at my table. In future years, it was always a delicate undertaking, deciding who would get a slice. Many boys would plead for a piece with words or looks as you walked around the dining room. Feelings were hurt, rifts were mended, lines were drawn, arms were opened, boundaries were set, bonds were strengthened. I went to bed that night feeling a lot older than I did the night before. Boom, snap, clap, boom, snap, clap, snap, boom, snap, clap, boom, snap, clap. Clap the boom snap, 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 yay! It's your birthday, it's your birthday, oh yeah, oh yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday, oh yeah, oh yeah. Blow out the candles, eat lots of cake, today's your special day, make it count. Happy birthday, happy birthday, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, oh yeah. If you ever decide to go crazy and wander into the woods without intention of coming back, you can reimagine your life in a new landscape. You could celebrate your birthday as long as you want. You can find yourself and decide to come back with a little something to teach the rest of us. But what if you were a baby when you figured it all out? Would anyone ever listen? Like the tree that falls in the woods. Or would you have to wait until you could be heard? Listen to Brooke now.
was born July 9th, 1981, to a 15-year-old blonde hair, brown-eyed mother in Fort Worth, Texas. The reason I know that is because I have papers filed away in a file cabinet, and really all I have is the color of my mom's hair and the color of my mom's eyes, what she did in high school. And then I also know that my dad was 16 years old and he had brown hair and green eyes. So I must have taken after my dad. They both were members of the band. So I'm assuming that that may have been where they met. I have this great picture in my head that maybe my mom played the flute and maybe he played the trumpet and they met during marching practice or something but that would be really cool if that's the way it happened (laughs) maybe i'll never know but maybe i will i always say that i kind of had two birthdays in the month of july i had the day that i was born july 9th and then there was kind of this period of time in between july 9th and the few weeks that my parents got me that i was kind of a loner baby i didn't have a parent you know, I was just chilling there in my little crib. My my parents at the time lived in League City, which is a town right outside of Houston. Uh, the phone rang, and my brother, who was also adopted, picked up the phone, and he said, Creed, this is the Edna Gladney home. Is your mom or dad there? And, and my dad was mowing the lawn, and I think my mom was in the shower. It was a Saturday morning, my mom says. My brother ran outside and told my dad and said, Brooke is here, Brooke is here. And my dad stopped halfway between mowing the lawn. I guess half of it was cut and half of it wasn't. And ran inside and got my mom out of the shower. And that day they booked a flight to Fort Worth to pick me up. I think that I have two different birthdays in July. I have the birthday, my actual literal birthday, July 9th. And then I have that time spent in between where I was just this loner baby. And then I have the times where my parents actually, you know, I came home with them and that's my birthday. And so every year I don't just celebrate my birth date. I celebrate a birthday month. I didn't understand July 4th. And of course, you know, it's America's birthday and um, there are fireworks and there's celebrations. Well, before I knew, you know, about my country's date of birth, all I knew about was my date of birth. And I always thought that the fireworks were for me. (laughs) They were always for me, right? And to this day, I still, you know, in my heart of hearts, like to believe that they're for me. It just makes me happy. In response to your request that I share a piece of sage advice, I will say that I can happily offer advice, but only with the knowledge that what I am advising is very possibly wrong. And as each birthday passes, I do know more that I do know less. So there is that. This episode's hot tip is brought to you by Corwin Levi, a Washington, D.C.-based artist. His new publishing company is releasing its first book, Mirror Mirrored, It's Grimms for Grown-Ups. One Cruel Hedgehog, One Girl Without Hands, and a Ship That Drowns on a Mountain. 
check out Mirror Mirrored on Kickstarter. Go to our website for links and more information. Sometimes the best birthday present is presents. Kelly is going to tell us all about it. I had to have been in third or fourth grade, and one of my classmates, his kid Scott, was having a birthday party and invited everyone in the class. So I gave the invitation to my mom, and she RSVP'd. Day of the party came, and one of my friends came over in the morning so we could go together. And as like the morning progressed, we were playing, and we decided we didn't want to go and told my mom we had changed our minds and she wasn't having it. You know, we RSVP'd, we made a commitment. We're not backing out just because there's something more fun to do. We're going to the party and that was that. So I pouted the whole way there. I was just in a grumpy mood. I remember getting there and they had a two-story house. And his aunt was the one that greeted us and walked us in. There were family, members like adults in the house. And then she took us out back and we realized that there were no other kids from our class that had shown up. And I mean, we got there a little bit late. It was probably 45 minutes after the party had started. Like I said, no other kids were there. And I remember looking at his aunt and you know, she was smiling, but I remember seeing in her eyes that she was so sad for him that no kids had come to his party just aside from family. And I remember seeing that same look like in my mom's eyes too. And I just felt so sad for him. And I felt so guilty that we had not wanted to go. So we stayed and I remember we were there for a really long time, just swimming and playing and he did the cake and opened his presents. And it just was so strange to me because he didn't seem upset at all. He seemed to have been having a great birthday and was smiling and laughing and didn't seem at all bothered. I think I, at the time anyway, I mean, I felt like I was more upset about it than he was. You know, we left, we got in the car and I my mom looking at us and she's like aren't you so happy that we went could you imagine if I didn't make you guys come no one would have come to his birthday and I just didn't say anything the rest of the car ride just thinking about that like 20 something kids and none of them showing up and I still to this day have that same knot in my stomach thinking about nobody even bothering to show up to this kid's birthday Ever since I've known Steph, she's been really quiet about her birthday. I asked her why she was so private, being that she takes life in so fully. Her answer is one of my favorite birthday stories ever, and it reminds you that one of the best ways to take things in is just to take things off. I was born on May 23rd, 1978. When I turned 20 and my passions were mighty yet displaced, I spent the first half of my birthday crying. I was home for the summer, and my parents went about their usual biz, clearly not aware of the date. I had never made a point to tell people it was my birthday, feeling almost embarrassed by it. As the day progressed, I realized that none of my friends seemed to have remembered either. I considered for a moment that I was actually dead, a ghost walking the earth on her birthday. Yeah, that's good, I thought. A sad, dead ghost. I embodied it, skulking through the house, stopping at mirrors to make the most morose expressions imaginable. At my most depressed, I've taken to drawing self-portraits whilst pulling these faces, 
the stuff of haunted houses and darkness and fairy tales, my shadow. Somewhere in this daydreamy, nightmarish place, I realized that I really would die someday, and spending my birthday crying was no way to live. I couldn't let anyone else affect the way I felt. If they didn't remember my birthday, so what? I did, and I was responsible for my happiness, especially on this day of all days. I considered the best way to feel alive. Swimming. I had to go swimming. Outside. In nature. Outside to feel alive. So I drove to Fountainhead, a tributary of Virginia's Occoquan River and conveniently located within 10 miles of my parents' house. I've kayaked and hiked around there and there are many private spots for swimming, although the first thing I'd like to point out is that swimming is forbidden in this water. There are signs posted saying so as there are no lifeguards on duty, which I figured meant that there would be no one to catch me swimming. There's something else to point out, but I'll get to that in a minute. I hike through the woods, find a quiet spot, kick off my sandals, set my car keys down, take off my clothes and wade into the cool water. Mud squishes between my toes. It feels disgusting, but I embrace it. This is what living feels like. Water laps up my legs as I take a few steps in and then dive, letting the coolness keep me alive a little more. My lungs and heart rise and fall anew. I pull my arms through the water, kick my legs no longer cold, only just right, and take deep breaths with each stroke. I feel happy and free and alive. It's as if I cracked a code. We are meant to spend our birthdays feeling the most vital that we can to celebrate the anniversary of when we became alive. I imagine myself as a mermaid and press my legs together and flutter them like a giant tail. No matter how old I get, that never gets old. Just like fart jokes. I sing too because I'm all alone. I go through all my strokes, freestyle, breaststroke, and backstroke. I fall in love with the sound of the water drops, the way the trees and leaves look as I float on my back looking up, and the feeling of oneness with the water and the earth as I float on my back and sway gently with the water. Okay, the other thing I wanted to point out is that Fountainhead Lake and its surrounding wood is used not only by birthday gals going for a skinny dip, but also by families, dog walkers, teens who need a place to drink illicitly acquired beer, and where nearby high school crew teams go to practice rowing. And there's nothing quite as sobering as a crew of high school boys, nine deep in a raising shell, gliding past my cove to stir me from my reverie. Which they did, and to which I did not react well. Instead of playing it cool and letting them pass, I panicked. I swam towards the shore and ran towards my clothes. The air pressure seemed to drop, and sound was not a sensation I was aware of. I could see the boys see me, but I heard nothing. Were they laughing? I had no idea. Somewhere in my mind, red lights were blinking in cadence with an alarm. Go, 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 was my instruction. I threw my clothes on, grabbed my keys, my sandals on. Go, go, I ran up the hill. My heart was pounding, running through the woods, in and out of trees. Holy shit, did I feel alive. I got to my car, started it, and tore out of the parking lot and caught my breath as I let the sweet adrenaline flow. It was the best birthday ever. I had taken control, cracked the code. I never work on my birthday. It is my day and it is sacred, but ever since I turned 20, I prefer spending my birthdays alone and no parties. 
I spend the day outside and I write, looking back on where I've been and making goals that will move me forward. I don't want anyone to be responsible for my happiness, and I certainly don't want to be responsible for theirs, making sure that they're having a good time at my party. I just want to feel alive and free. You've just heard Aria Rose, J.J. Hillwood, Brooke Green, Kelly Zabanek, and Stephanie Hafer. Special thanks to Felipe Sanchez, Addie and Luke Hafer, Eliza and Kate Dana. Ripple Puddle is produced by myself, Stephanie Hafer, and Carla Taylor. Theme music by Stephanie Hafer. Hot Tips theme by Carla Taylor and Broke for Free. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to check out our website, www.ripplepuddle.com, where you can find Stephanie's left-handed drawing series and information about our next episode. We would also love to hear from you. Yes, you. If you'd like to leave us an anonymous story for our next episode, email us at ripplepuddle at gmail.com or call us at 313-389-6013. Here's a teaser for episode three, Spill Your Guts, due out on January 5th. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been 24 years since my last confession, and these are my sins. I've lied, I've gossiped, I've been lazy. I shoplifted from a Salvation Army when I was in college. I've been envious, unkind, proud, revengeful, jealous, hateful, even to those I love the most. I've been wasteful, and I've intentionally harmed my body. But I believe in magic and in aliens, and I think Jesus seems like a really nice man. I can't stop the impure thoughts. He would make a good uncle. Uncle Jesus. I don't know if God exists, or if this is just all my doing. I have killed bugs. Please join us in the confessional for episode three, Spill Your Guts, January 5th, 2015. Say 10 ahas, three alleluias, and you will be absolved. This and much more. Come on in. The word is great. Happy, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, and to you, happy birthday to me.